It's been a busy 12 months for payment security, from the year-end 2013 breach at Target to the advent of Chip and Pen announced earlier this month for employee and social benefits programs managed by the federal government. And the next 12 months will likely garner even more interest and attention as banking institutions, retailers, and processors work to wrap their brains around the Federal Reserve System's just-released plan for faster payments, facilitated through an overhaul of the U.S. payments infrastructure. Here, Troy Leach, Chief Technology Officer of the PCI Security Standards Council, discusses what the next 12 months are likely to look like for the industry and the ongoing role the PCI Council is going to play in ensuring both merchants and financial institutions are adequately addressing new security risks and challenges posed by emerging payments technology. Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. So, Troy, first let me say thanks for joining me today to talk about a very timely issue, and that is Faster Payments, an initiative just announced by the Fed this week, and one that is going to have a dramatic impact on the way banking institutions, retailers, processors, and others not only accept, but also process and clear all transactions. From a card security perspective, what areas of this new 10-year roadmap provided by the Fed is the PCI Council most focused on? Hi, Tracy. Thanks for having us. I think for the PCI Council, when we looked at the Fed report uh, published yesterday, we saw that there's opportunity to collaborate, and, and they're looking for a lot of involvement from the private sector. Obviously, that's something the PCI Council does well, is collaborating with our 700 members from all different industry sectors, as well as the uh, thousands of payment security professionals that contribute to the development of our standards. So I was excited to see that they're going to be looking at developing a, a task force in, in 2015 and, and looking for that input from all across the uh, industry. I also liked their focus on emerging technology and their statement that you know we are really at a, a critical juncture in the evolution of payments. One thing I, I didn't see really outlined in the paper, I, I think it was inferred, is how do we address new payment channels in a way that makes sense for today's technology? Looking at mobile, looking at app payments, looking at all these different ways that we are now looking to accept credentials and then have payment. I think there's a challenge there that we may not be able to apply the traditional controls that were good for other environments and the integrity and trust the end user and consumer uh, became very accustomed to. Uh, we may not be able to do that in the same way, uh, but there may be new opportunities for us to actually secure that in a faster, more efficient way that gives both the end user a better experience as well as continuing to have that trust in the security of payments. You know, Troy, one area that stood out to me, and this might be an area that, that stood out to you as well, is that the Fed is focused on facilitating push versus pull payments for credit and debit transactions. How will that or could that impact current card security? Yeah, it was an interesting part of the report. Part of it, I, I looked at it from a, a wire transfer and ACH type payments and looking at same-day transactions, which is really not what the PCI Council is, is focused on. Our area of expertise is, is around payment card data and the confidentiality of that information. But with that push and pull, there is a reality that the methodology for securing that in a much faster environment um, have its advantages because you're going to be doing a lot more online authentication and there'll be more rapid engagement of validating that authentication, which is a good thing for security. At the same time, obviously, we don't want to move fast enough where the criminals find some form of gap because we're moving so fast that we just can't keep up with the criminals. Troy, I'd like to go back to something that you mentioned earlier because I think it will play a role in addressing some of these gaps, if you will, that could be present in a real-time environment. The task force that the Fed has noted, 
What do you think are some of the desired outcomes from a payment security perspective where these task forces are concerned? Well, I think we're in a real interesting time. If you look over the last 24 months or so, you see that we have had and a very large increase in information sharing across the board from the retailers and their ISAC to the financial services and FSISAC to law enforcement trying to get everyone to collaborate with one another. Last year, with help of Capitol Hill, there was a United States Payment Security Task Force that was already formed uh, March of last year. So there's a lot of groups already collaborating, and I'm hoping that um, through the exercises that are laid out in the federal report that we'll actually have a chance to showcase what the private sector has been doing to make sure that information sharing within these groups is not only happening, but it's actually effective and being able to mitigate the risk to uh, consumers. So, Troy, let's talk about some of the new initiatives that have been laid out by the Fed. Do you think that there's concern there that some of these initiatives might make PCI security standards irrelevant in some way? Uh, you know, it, it's a very interesting question because uh, I looked at, at that in the call for security standards. I think the challenge that we have is there was a request in the report for a need for standards to come to market in a more timely manner. At the same time, there was a call to look at ISO standards that typically take five to seven years in development uh, before they're published or revised. So we have, within the PCI Council, I think we have an interesting role to play. As I mentioned, we have over 700 uh, organizations globally that participate, over 3,000 security professionals that participate in the development of our standards or have the opportunity to. And from that, we are able to develop at a pace that sometimes the market says is too fast, but it, it relatively is 18 to 36 months. We are able to update our standards and move them out. Now, what I, I do see with the PCI Council and an opportunity for us is to continue that collaboration. Uh, we've joined the FSISAC. We've joined uh, several law enforcement agencies around the world. See, how can we bring all of the players together from the acquirers? We've now established an acquirer forum uh, to the small businesses. We're launching a small business task force next month and finding ways that we can target where criminal activity is happening, where fraud points are going to continue to be a problem even after the adoption of E&D in the United States, and how can the PCI Council play a role? Most people, when they think PCI, they think one standard around the data security standard and how do you protect an environment from securing payment card data. But we have nine standards in our portfolio, and the others are focused around key critical infrastructure within payments, such as the manufacturing of chip cards and, and MagStripe cards, and the development of the terminal, and making sure it's developed in a secure, tamper-responsive manner, and from payment application and our growing dependency on payment application. So what I see the role of the PCI Council is being able to be very nimble in this space, be able to react and develop those types of standards so that merchants, banks, everyone within the payment ecosystem can rely on the integrity of those systems, not only from a standards perspective, but also from a validation perspective, that they've been independently lab tested by our labs and have been posted for merchants to know that there is a lot of research, a lot of security testing that has gone into the products that they're going to rely on. Troy, looking out into the future, we won't see a new update to the PCI data security standard until 2017. 
but what are some of the leading security issues that the council will be focused on over the course of the next 12 months? Well, I, I'm glad you asked, Tracy. I think, uh, uh, first of all, we, we do major releases every three years. So the next major release of the standard will be in uh, 2017. But this year, we'll actually be making some big changes to the, the data security standard itself. We will be having a revision uh, this quarter for that standard. Uh, mostly, it's an errata, but speaking about being nimble, we're addressing an issue from 2014, late 2014, around the discovery of Poodle and Beast and all these other SSL attacks. Uh, so you'll be seeing um, the PCI Council addressing that security issue uh, with the industry and in partnership with financial institutions and others. We're also going to be looking at either an appendix to the DSS or an independent document related to what we call designated entities. And that would be organizations that have a, a potential risk, greater risk than the common merchant or someone that is processing a smaller volume of transactions, but are actually aggregating massive amount of cardholder data, which would be a prime target for criminal activity. In addition to that, very excited about our, our technology push. We'll be doing much more research. We'll be coordinating with independent organizations to publish research papers. We'll be doing a lot more white papers around evolving technology. You'll see quite a bit from us in mobile payment acceptance. One issue we will be addressing in 2015 is PIN and how do you enter PIN or can you enter PIN onto a mobile device or should you be looking at alternative types of PIN for that type of authentication. That will be another challenge. We'll also by April be releasing the next version of point-to-point -point encryption which has been welcomed by the industry. We just completed yet another round of uh, feedback, a request for comment, and in that feedback we had a lot of positive from both acquirers as well as vendors looking at that and seeing how that we've been able to take the approach that you can have modularity, you can allow for certain types of entities to get self-validated, which will hopefully reduce the cost across the industry for those that are hoping to get validated, and just in general aligning those requirements and making it a smaller document. So it's been well received and we're looking forward to that publication as well as, as looking at what can we do for small merchants. And as I mentioned, we have an acquire forum that meets regularly. We're launching a small business task force next month, and we're looking to find ways that we can actually identify not only how can we improve the security while minimizing the burden of compliance for small merchants, but then just have the ability to have the outreach and education so that they're aware of their responsibilities when they're protecting their customers' information. So as you can see, it's going to be a very busy uh, 2015. We, uh, we had a tokenization study that we conducted in the fall of last year, and the results of that study were interesting because they differed a little bit from the Fed report in that our results said that the industry really was not at a place that they wanted standards for tokenization, but rather just best practices and guidance. So uh, we've been moving forward with a, a tokenization standard. You will see us in 2015 instead publishing a best practice that we hope to release this quarter. And in addition to that, we'll be turning our attention to token service providers and looking at this new EMV code token framework. We're partnering with EMVCO and, and other entities to look at what security should we place in these new service provider environments so that we know that as they manage 
tokens on behalf of the industry that they're doing it in a secure manner that can't be compromised. Does the council have an opinion about the need for chip and pen versus chip and signature as most banks and credit unions are more focused on today? I think for us at the PCI Council, we're focused on the confidentiality of the information. So whenever a PIN is used, we want to make sure it's done in a very secure manner. We have a PIN standard that's published um, and, and owned by the PCI Council. And we want to make sure the integrity of the PIN when it is used remains confidential. That is, is why uh, it will be a, a very unique challenge for us when we create this task force on PIN within mobile payment applications and, and mobile acceptance because it, it provides uh, new technical challenges that, and, and technical limitations that we don't have with a, a traditional encrypted PIN pad on a terminal. I'm not trying to avoid the question, but that, that becomes more of a fraud authentication mechanism. and. Obviously, from a security professional, the, the more authentication that um, is available, the more secure the, the transaction. It may not have the right business case in, in all different types of scenarios, but from our perspective, when those credentials are being used for authentication, we want to make sure they're done in a secure manner. Speaking of authentication, one of the things that came up from the Fed's report that came out this week is that there really don't seem to be any standards for authentication. Do you think that there aren't standards out there, and if there aren't, are missing standards necessarily a hindrance? There are good authentication standards out there. I've only been able to briefly look over the uh, Fed report, so I, I haven't looked in detail of, of what they say about authentication standards. But I will say that there are good guidance and standards by NIST and by ANSI and by other organizations. Obviously, PCI standards, we reference appropriate authentication and how you implement that in a secure manner. So I do think there's standards that do exist today. It may be that they're not well implemented or consistently mandated. I think that will be one of the challenges if you look at the Fed report is they have a lot of ideas that I agree with in concept. And it's one of those says easy, does hard. And finding ways that you can actually leverage uh, what the private sector has already done and, and take PCI Council for an example is, yes, we do have standards, but we have a validation process so that you can demonstrate that you've actually achieved what the standard was attempting to do. And, and then we have a quality assurance a mechanism. We have a training requirement and testing requirement for the, those that assess those environments. There's a lot of logistics that go into making payments very secure, and authentication becomes a critical point of that, especially with these new payment form factors. But we have to keep in mind that building a standard is not going to by itself resolve the issue. There has to be incentive for vendors to build to that specification, for merchants to adopt that specification, and you do that through a collective approach and we have to recognize that this is a, a shared responsibility for security. It's not just owned by one stakeholder, it's collectively owned by the entire payment community. The Fed has not specifically noted any recommendations for tokenization or encryption, yet these are two areas that are mentioned in the new report. What's the PCI Council's take on the Fed's call for the private sector to take action here, especially where tokenization and encryption standardization are concerned? I, I think we have a, a different approach for each. For point-to-point -point encryption or, or just encryption in general, I, I think 
the program that the PCI Council has established is gaining quite a bit of adoption globally. And now just in the United States, we're starting to see a lot of favorable approaches. So we assume that with the release of version 2.0 this spring, we're going to see even more adoption of point-to-point -point encryption standard and, and validation. So I, I think in the private sector, we've done a very good job, at least in regards to that approach. With tokenization, we've had so many challenges. Uh, I've participated with ANSI in, in some way or another since 2008 on this topic. They're developing work on tokenization. We have the clearinghouse obviously doing work in, in tokenization. And now we have EMBCO, which has also released a tokenization framework last year. So when we looked at all of the work that's going on in, in the industry, we didn't want to be just another voice in that mix. We recognize that our role is very specific to the security and confidentiality of that information. And so what we're looking to do is, is we do participate in ANSI. We're a member of ANSI and we, we participate in the development of that standard. We collaborate closely with EMBCO and others. And, and so our hope is that we will publish these tokenization best practices and work very closely with the industry and give them guidance when they feel that it's the right time to publish a standard. I, I think there's challenges. You don't want to inhibit innovation, and at the same time, you want to have the same level of integrity and trust we've come to know in, in payments. That's a real challenge when it comes to standards because often the standard is obsolete by the time the ink dries especially with newer innovations that are happening in payment. As far as the Fed report, I think that there are some very good things that, that were listed in there, some opportunities that they emphasized around helping to gather information, have every type of stakeholder at the table to see what is the right approach for security, and being able to deliver either standards or guidance to the market in a timely manner. I think the recent exploits that we've seen in technology, as, such as SSL exploits, such as uh, some of the mobile device exploits, shows that we need to have a rapid response approach to payment security because the criminals already have a rapid response and communication channel and forums in order to coordinate and be able to compromise these environments. We have to be as coordinated, if not more so, than the criminals that we're trying to protect against. Great points as always, Troy. I appreciate your time today. Thank you. Thank you, Tracy. Again, we've just heard from Troy Leach of the PCI Security Standards Council. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.